Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Hello again, and welcome to the Noble Father Podcast. I am your host, Theophilus, and today is February the 26th. And if I were to convert the time, today would be officially my wife's birthday. And so I wanted to wish my wife, Echo, a happy birthday. Thank you for supporting me and being patient with me through many years of trying to make entrepreneurial pursuits work. And uh, I know that I've been saying for a long time, something's happening or we just got to be patient. Um, And, you know, I wouldn't say that we're there yet, but you have been a tireless support and i very much appreciate you and so today uh wish you a happy birthday thank you for being with me on this journey today's uh topic uh comes from a well man like you know been getting back into reading and get getting back into the flow of things uh been dealing with some burnout um and you know such that whenever you you do go through burnout you kind of lose your way a little bit and things start to slip routines start to fall and you get to this place of malaise and and you know stagnation and and uh you know it was it was a, it was a good reminder to recalibrate i wouldn't say that i'm i'm absolutely there yet um but you know i i am getting there slowly and you know this weekend i i'll have a trip where I'll be going to um, Texas, and it, I do feel like that's going to be a good time to really disconnect and really spend some time thinking through my goals, thinking through, um, you know, getting in contact and in communication with God again, and and not that I don't do that right now, um, but just like be very intentional and be quiet about um, the direction that this work is headed in. <clears throat> if you're listening to this on the audio waves. I do upload these onto YouTube as well, and you can see my face while uh, I do these podcasts, and um, yeah, you're welcome to check out um, the the content there as well. Yeah, today's episode is, uh, is, is it came about from a book that I've been reading, <clears throat> I just started up, called The Coddling of the American Mind, and uh, if you Google this, um, you'll find the book but also an article that was written by two researchers uh, looking into the effects of this. um, I I really don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a rhetoric or some kind of um, uh, game plan to really uh, systematically destroy um, civilization. Um, And and it's something that, you know, has brought, has been, you know, has been in the back of my mind, right? Uh, I've been seeing it a lot, uh, a lot of different things happening in our world that um, is pointing to that, is, is showing that, it's leading to that. And 
and, and it's and, and it's scary because you know as parents we should definitely be careful this is very much the future that our children will grow up in and and they are part of these systems out there that are preaching and are in a position of authority to guide and and lead our children and and if we're not if we're not careful as parents and if we're not diligent um, and and proactive we would we will fall victim to them as well um, you know there are multiple ways to go about this <clears throat> but I wanted to share really uh, a quote that um, you know I saw in the book at the very start you know and and it was the very first quote which is so it was when I read it I was like wow like it's just so amazing and, and you know you've heard you've probably heard um variations of this uh in in my podcasts before um and so the quote goes prepare the child for the road not the road for the child and, and it, you know that quote immediately made me think of you know the prayers that we do for the storms that we face in life many of us would pray for the storm to subside or for the waves to die down or for the rain to slow down when in reality um, we should be praying for strength to overcome anything that comes our way you know one of the one of the cool illustrations about prayer is that you know you ask God for strength and so God sends trials and tribulations your way to strengthen you not out of nowhere give you muscles and the strength to conquer these you know these sorry it's not without work to strengthen you and so so the 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 ideal of prepare the child for the road not the road for the child um you know which one sustains the child longer and prepares them for anything that comes their way right and so if we if we know that the road is going to be difficult ahead then preparing the child for the road is better than trying to pave that road for our children. You know, and society and parents nowadays have very much just tried to prepare the road for the child. And this doesn't serve anybody. This doesn't serve my children, doesn't serve their future, doesn't serve your future. Um, you know, it, it's all it's all connected. And so today, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, talk about some best practices about raising your children um, you know, preparing them for the road. And these are not, and, and I am not a, um, I am not an expert. I am not somebody who does, you know, these things to a T. I am just as imperfect as the next person, uh, just as imperfect as the listener. So, um, you know, I want you to consider for yourself, uh, what is best in your situation. You understand the context of your children and your, upbringing and your uh, leading of your children and these are things that I am holding myself to about as best as I can and and I'm just sharing them here with you um, this is you know it's a very humble journey for all of us I don't think anybody can say they are an active expert on something like this and if they are man I'd be you know I would tell you to be careful to, you know, uh, on how to listen to these people. Not everybody is is uh, who they say they are. Um, <clears throat> so one of the first best practices when it comes to preparing a child for the road is, it, it, you know, right now they're walking with us, right? Uh, we're holding hands with our children. They are on path. The road that we are on right now uh, that our parents prepared us for, 
we are walking with our children in. And so, yeah, business hasn't been going well. My children will suffer the consequences of that. They will learn. They will be a part of that journey. Can't afford groceries. A kid's going to learn that. And one of the one of the most important things as parents that we must do is, and this is something that has come up recently for us, is learning to teach our children and sh- or let no let them yeah to teach our children, but to let them learn on the smaller mistakes rather than taking away the opportunity for them to learn and to grow through this issue through this problem. Um, it, why why smaller mistakes? Smaller mistakes now beats them having to learn it on the bigger mistakes in the future. So something as inconsequential as, you know, breaking a dish in the kitchen. Um, it's a small lesson. It's a tiny lesson that doesn't, um, it, it's not life-threatening. It's not It's not the end of the world for this child if it happens. Um, you know, so you, you're picking your battles, right? As parents, we pick our battles. We don't, obviously, we got to teach them that, the, the, the importance of, you know, crossing the road safely, right? We don't just let them figure that out. We need to guide them for the first few steps and then let them figure out afterwards, you know. So this, there's, there's smaller mistakes that can be learned. There's smaller lessons that can be learned that don't jeopardize our children. Teaching them the smaller, letting them go through the smaller mistakes, like um, f- forgetting to ask for change, you know, at the store um, and walking away. And let's just say they, you know, didn't get they, they were supposed to get back five dollars in, in change that's a that's a good small lesson to learn rather than something later down the road that's like fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollar mistake that they you know that could de- detrimentally set them back so teaching them the smaller mistakes what are opportunities for you to let them learn and it's so easy for us to shelter them and hold them and coddle them which is what the the premise of the book is you coddling these children they're not going to learn and what kind of adults are they going to become when you coddle them all through their life? Number two is the average of the two parents. You know, last few weeks I've been kind of really cluing into that of like, you know, my children are very much the, it's, it's a mathematical equation almost of how they average, like of who they are. They are very much like me and very much like my wife. And we of course and as it should be right that that is the that is the way god intended for it to be that they would get the best of us and even some of the worst of us in in who they become they are around us all the time we are walking this path together and they are going to be the average of both and so you need to really clue into that right is that what is your responsibility as your your half you are in charge of yourself you are in charge of taking care of yourself i am the father my wife is the mother i cannot step into the mother side she cannot step into the father side there are unique responsibilities for each of us and we must dictate our own realm with dignity and to the best of our ability and so if you if your children are the average of the both of you you have a huge responsibility you are you are called bef- beyond just just you. You, you. you are in charge of taking care of yourself. And, you know, this is very apparent. You know, you go to a birthday party and I, and I would encourage you to, to observe. Observe children and how they are and, and, and just see what they are like. And, and, you know, not to be judgmental or anything, but you can 
you can very easily come to a conclusion of, well, I can imagine what a child's upbringing is like in their family unit, in their family home. It is very, very telling. Um, and that is something that we need to clue into. What are things that we could improve upon? And this is what we're constantly doing and trying to do better of. <clears throat> the third best practice that I, I've seen is, and something that I always have to, to remember, is that my example, my example speaks more volume than the words of advice that I give my children. Nobody wants to be a hypocrite. And, and you know, if you ask my wife, she'd probably say this about me, is, you know, very easily I can be hypocritical. There are things that I will tell my kids not to do that I am not setting a good example in. And that is very humbling. That is extremely humbling. And knowing that, oh, well, I have to first do this. You know, very much this journey of fatherhood has reminded me a lot of, of, of coaching. Coaching is one in which, you know, if I am not willing to step into a difficult conversation with somebody, how can I encourage somebody else to do that? It's very much the, um, you know, I got a log in my eye when I'm trying to help somebody with a splinter in theirs. I must first deal with my log before I can help somebody else with their issue. And so as a father, that's the same thing is that I need to first swallow my own Kool-Aid, do my own work before encouraging my children to be the best in theirs. Um, that's, that's the way God intended it to be. Um, and you know, it, 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 it devalues your, your word and it, it, it invalidates your example if you are not doing that and, and you're, you're demanding your children and making it a big deal in their lives to change it. If you're not changing your ways, why are your children going to change their ways, right? They're going to see that it's okay to say one thing, but do another, uh, entirely, and that is a dangerous thing to raise your child in. That's a that's a coddling in itself, right? You almost allowing yourself to escape from the mistakes, making everybody else's mistake magnified, and you're not deal, dealing with your own issues. Um, and, and very much, you know, like the coaching side of things, you know, best practice number four is is <coughs> excuse me is offering is asking questions. Um, more than providing the answers. So questions, not answers. Uh, this is an, an example that I've given before. Uh, and if you've ever listened to past episodes, you've heard me talk about the college professor that I had when I was in criminal justice program, uh, a, doc, uh, a Mr. Daryl Keene. Um, he was very good at getting more information out of us and, and allowing us to critically think through a situation. And he would always ask us a single question of, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it was he was getting us to think to the bedrock of any given situation or dilemma. Um, and this really helped me grow the, my way of thinking of, of questioning things. Well, why is, why are there so many drug addicts? Okay. So why is there a drug supply issue? And now why are there so many drugs laced with fentanyl? Okay. So why is there such thing as a safe supply now? and legal injection sites. Who was behind legal injection sites? What could be the rationale behind these things? What does that mean? What does that mean? And keep going down, keep going down until you figure out, oh, this is why we're doing what we're doing now. Oh, this is why they believe what they believe. And you know, I do this with, with fatherhood is, is, is go to the bedrock with certain things. And when I look at the coddling of the American mind, and it's not just the American mind, it's, it's the modern mind. It's, it's 
why do why are we here now why are we doing things this way now and why are we coddling um civilization um how did we get here uh, it, it's, it's a very interesting thing anyways questions not answers asking their, our kids what does this mean instead of just giving them the answers right it's like coaching i, I can't just give them the answers it's 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 going to be more sustainable and, and, and it'll last longer and mean longer if they are able to come to that conclusion themselves. Is there a way for me to ask a question in such a way where they come to that conclusion for themselves and rather than me providing that answer? Because if I don't show my children how to question these things or how to get to the bedrock of something, then they're just going to believe what they're being told. And that is not what we should do as parents. That is not our responsibility. We must enable our children to independently think and to form opinions and not be uh, subject to feelings. That's one of the things about this book also is it talks about feelings, the dangers of listening to our feelings and, and, and why we must not be politically correct about it, why we why it's good to have hurt feelings, why it's good to have uh, an opposing viewpoint and, and, and different um, uh, varying opinions and why that must be openly discussed, right? We can't just, oh, because my feelings are hurt, then we can't openly discuss something. And so the position that you hold is truth and gospel and that's, that's it. And we must run with that because you feel it is truth for you. Truth is not moldable or bendable to somebody's will. Truth is truth. And you've heard me um, reiterate that again and again. And as parents, we must lead that. We must show that example. It is, it is imperative that we show what truth is to our children um, and emulate what that is. Um, because, you know, this world is like when you... When you believe in nothing, you fall for anything. And we're really at a point where we fall for everything. You can choose what you identify as, which, you know, that's another discussion, right? Is that truth, you know? And and, and, and we're seeing this, this breakdown of, okay, so if I can say whatever I want and believe whatever I want, then there's no limit to what I can believe. And... And, and this is the dangerous slope that we're in now is, is if somebody can dictate who or what they are, then it opens the door to so many things. Okay, pedophilia. Somebody can identify as a child and wear diapers and have sexual relations with a child or necrophilia with dead people bestiality why not it's my feeling my feeling is truth this is what i identify as and so you must respect my feelings right you can imagine okay so where do we draw the line then if we scratch that line and say that it can move and now it's fluid and you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want feel and be whoever it is you feel like where do you draw the line there's no closing of that anywhere so you must, we must be careful. Um, number five, and number five is biblical. 
biblical as in there's truth. This is truth. What is truth? And so I'm going to give you truth. I'm going to give you three verses the Bible talks about, and it's it's very much around this topic. Um, and, and and these are these are age old, right? These are this is truth. This is truth as I see it. You may not believe it, but I'm not here to convince you. Just listen to it because you can take away knowledge. If you are a fool, you will turn this off now and you will go about your way however you choose. But if you're a wise person, even if you don't believe what I believe, you would stay and listen and try to distill for yourself what this is for you. And so I encourage you, come at this with an open mind. Just don't think about the repulsiveness of the word or the mention of God. It's just sit here and try to be wise for one second and think about what is being said in the Bible. Because I can learn from Buddha. I can learn from Islam. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian myself, but I can learn from even the wise people of those places, right? Varying opinions, I can learn from them and distill knowledge for myself. And that's what I encourage for you. If anything, this practice is great for our children because it, it, we'd be raising fools if we tell them that because we don't share the same viewpoint as somebody, we shouldn't listen to them and not distill wisdom for ourselves, right? It is said that a, a wise man can learn from a fool. A fool cannot learn from a, from, from, from a wise man. And so be a wise man. Be a wise person here as I share these with you. And these are very practical and also very knowledgeable. It's very wise sayings. And and I don't want to uh, um, not discourage. I don't want to discount that from you. And so please listen to this and, 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 and take away for yourself what this may mean. The first verse I wanted to talk about is Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Very... A practical verse. I've read it before on this podcast many times. Um, our roles as parents is to train up our children. We need to show them, right? We are preparing them for the road, right? We are showing them the way that they should go. Because even when they are old, they will not depart from it. We tell them, hey, stay on the road, stay on the road, stay on the road. Keep iterating that fact of staying on the road. What do you think are the chances that they're going to try their best as they grow older to stay on that road? pretty high I would say and where does that come from well it came from mom and dad reiterating that point staying on the road Hebrews 12 7 to 11 says it is for discipline that you have to endure God is treating you as sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline if you are left without discipline in which all have participated then you are illegitimate children and sons besides this we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject, subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it 
and this is the very much leaning into the discomfort, right? Uh, the resistance that you feel working out, the um, rejection of feeling as you go to do what you need to do, what is required of you, and, and that that discipline seems painful rather than pleasant in the moment, but later it produces, right? It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so this is very much the, the, the first thing, the smaller mistakes, teaching our children in the, in the smaller mistakes, the painful lessons in youth on the smaller mistakes rather than the big problems later on. And, and later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness, right? And so then whatever comes their way in the future, they are better equipped and able uh, to face it whenever it comes. I mean, that's as applicable as anything, right? And, and it's giving the father the responsibility, hey, you have a child, you must discipline them. If you want them to go about life proper you would discipline them or else if you don't you're raising illegitimate children you are you haven't been responsible to them you haven't been doing your role as a father to these children you are setting them up for failure and thus you are illegitimate illegitimate children and not sons right it makes sense what do we call a child without a father a bastard right you're creating bastards this is not what God intended for us as fathers. The last verse I wanted to read is Psalm 127, 3 to 5. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Children are a heritage from the Lord. They're gifts for us. That we are called to be their earthly parents, as it says in the in the verse prior in the verse prior too. We are gifted with the responsibility to raise them in the way of the Lord. And and I, I really like the analogy of arrows in the hand of a warrior. You know, if I think about arrows, but not in the hand of a warrior, an arrow on the ground that has no bow and nobody to draw the string back and nobody training with an arrow, it is useless. It'll just sit there and it, it's not much of a weapon without a hand. And so our children are these arrows. They are called to go into the world and be a light and to be an example and to share God's love with other people. If we do not draw them back, if we do not use them and show them that they are an arrow, we are, they are, they are about as useless as, uh, you know, stick to be burned in a fire. It's just, they're, they're nothing. And so it requires us to be, to, to use this arrow and to show our children how to use it because they're going to one day have quiver, like arrows in their quivers and, and it says, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, right? How blessed are you whenever you have ammunition, when you run out of ammunition, it's a dangerous place to be, right? You have nothing to fight against the enemy with. Um, and, 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 you know, this last part I've been trying to reconcile, he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. You can imagine the shame, you know, when you're negotiating with your enemy at the gate, 
in, in, in you know when you're initiating in a conversation uh, the terms of battle and just imagine how embarrassing or how um, how much ammunition we give our enemy if our children are used against us right you know let's just say that you know we were betrayed by our children and we did something that pushed our children away and they you know made a big scene and the enemy found out and they would use that to put you down and show you that you are a terrible leader and I, I just imagine that situation and 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 it's almost like giving my enemy the ammunition to put me down and to discourage me and, and, and to laugh in my face, right? And to, you know, demoralize my, my army, demoralize me um, in my work, right? And, and, you know, the devil is, is one in which we know, you know, it comes to kill, uh, to lie, steal, and destroy, right? And, um, and it's, it's a, we're giving him the ammunition as a foothold for our enemy, for the enemy to to use against us, right? Um, it'll challenge our leadership. It'll challenge our identity as the leaders of our family, right? Because the devil's going to be like, yeah, look how you raised your child, right? Look at the example of the life that he's living. And you call yourself a leader? And you call yourself, a, a, you, know, you know, children of God? Like, look at the example you did, right? Look at, what kind of parent you are you're just you're you're the worst how can you lead you're not a leader go back to following right and that's and, and that's no place to be that's no good place to be right it'd be so easy to believe it because it, it's some of it is true yeah you failed you failed in your role and responsibility with your children and which is why we're doing this in the first place which is why we have a podcast avoid those problems later on do it now the sooner the better the earlier the better you have them young you have their attention take advantage and and lead your children down the right road prepare them for the road to come don't prepare the road for them don't show them which step to take ask them what step should you take here use your own thinking use your own judgment discern for yourself what is the way forward seek the lord right in my household i ask my children seek the lord what does the lord say what where is your heart god gave you a heart but he is inside your heart what does he say you should do in this situation and that is what this life this temporal plane on this planet is for leading them down the right path setting their setting them up for success and showing them how to make smart spirit-filled decisions how to lead with discernment and seeking god's advice on where we go if you think you know the best for yourself let's see where that gets you it's not going to get you anywhere great because you don't know this life is not about you you are not god i don't care how many minutes or how many hours you meditate and you find out that you are the god of this universe you are not the god of the universe you just aren't and this is the last point I want to make is don't let others raise your children. Not schools, not technology, not influencers. Don't let any of those places raise your children. There's a big difference between allowing them fully to be influenced by school 
Now, you might ask, well, Theo, aren't your kids in public school? Aren't you letting other people teach your children? Yes, but there's also a difference in how we approach it whenever they come home, seeking to understand what they learned through their day, asking them on specific terms, what are things I was taught to you today? Yeah, did you believe that? I recently asked my children, what do you do if what they teach in school goes against what you believe biblically and what God says truth is? It's a very valid question, right? There's a very big difference between letting society teach them and show them everything that it deems as truth, right? Then me trying to help them figure, at least in the early stage, of questioning those things, right? I asked them, you know, schools would probably say you came from a monkey, right? What happens if all your friends all believe that and you believe otherwise? And God says, this is what we came from. And everybody laughs at you for what you believe. And it goes against what everybody else thinks. And it's the unpopular decision. You can see how I'm asking a question. I'm letting them come to that conclusion themselves to figure out what's the way out of this. Because it enables them to think through a situation. This is their identity. Who am I? God says, I am this. The world is going to try to take those things away. It's going to try to take away the truth. It's going to say that you're ridiculous for believing in these things. How do I create a wavering child? How do I, unwavering child, how do I make him to be headstrong? Make my daughter to be headstrong, right? And to stand firm on what they believe, on the foundation of truth. That is my responsibility. And that's what I feel and what I've discerned in my spirit as what I should do in my household. And so I hope you distill that for yourself. What is it that you are holding your children to? Because if everything is believable, then everything is truth, right? If there's nothing, if there's, if there, if truth is subjective and it can bend to somebody's will, then everything is true. And we know that that is not true. We know that that is not possible. And so what is truth? Are you holding your children to that truth? Are you showing them how to find truth? This is not a problem that we can afford to be relaxed on. Are you willing to be wrong? Right? And, and this is the thing about the world we live in. Right? I've said it already. Right? When you believe in nothing, everything is believable. Anything is true. And this absence that we have in, in being fathers creates this vacuum within our children. And it creates opportunities for our children to hold on to everything and anything that they can grasp at, right? Oh, I can change my gender. Oh, I can, um, you know, I can be whatever I want to be. And that my feelings are truth. And they can be depended upon, right? If anything, the example in the last few weeks is that feelings are not reliable, right? Your feelings will stop you from working out. Your feelings will stop you from going to the gym. Your feelings will stop you from seeing your friends. Your feelings will stop you from seeking truth. Your example, you're living an example, right? I've set that example for my children. Right? My last few weeks has been burnout, 
trusting in my feelings too much and putting myself in a dangerous position, right, to stagnate. And where has it gotten me? You know, it's a it's a very deep funk and it's very easy to just buy into that. And that is the danger and that is one I want to keep you away from. And so I just want to say thank you for joining me on this episode, a uh, bit of a longer one than I usually do. And I just wanted to say that um, don't forget uh, the importance of the work that we do as fathers. This world and the things that I'm seeing, you know, when I've asked it many times of to the bedrock of what does this mean, what does this mean, what does this mean, the bedrock I get to is fatherless generation, fatherless children, a fatherless society. We've lost our roles and our responsibilities as leaders, leaders in our families. And in that position, we've given up our rightful place. And this is all the failings that we're seeing in society comes from fatherless, fatherlessness. And I challenge you, are you doing the best of your ability? Are you taking care of yourself to the best of your ability? Are you being present with your children, right? Are you saving money? <laughs> Doesn't matter what you're doing for work. You you could be making six figures every single year, and yet if you're not saving money, you're not making much more than somebody who's at McDonald's but able to save fifty bucks a month. That's an important important fact, right? Put yourself in a position to succeed. Show your children what that example of life looks like. There's so many things that we can do better, and that's what I want to leave you guys with and encourage you guys with. Remember to be present. We're not here forever. And um, stay stay noble. Thank you for joining me. Bye for now. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.